ending one minute at a time. I was blind, but now I see. Working jobs we hate, so we can buy shit we don't need. Ideas are brittle. If you had one shot, everything I'd ever read, heard, seen was now organized and available. We're not your fucking khakis. Life moves pretty fast. The Biohacking Secret Show. In this episode of the Biohacking Secrets Show. Now we've merged all these populations into this melting pot. And now the genetics gives us that ability to look at them and say, you know, what kind of genetics do I carry? What kind of dietary pattern is going to help me to thrive by nutrigenetically matching my dietary and lifestyle pattern to the genetics that, I, that I've inherited? This podcast is brought to you by Organifi and the Biohacker Bundle. So as entrepreneurs, biohackers, and busy professionals, we understand the importance of eating healthy, but there never seems to be enough time and it can get really expensive. Well, one of my best biohacking secrets for spending as much time as possible in a state of peak physical and mental performance and getting my body and mind what they need is the Biohacker Bundle. And here's how I use it. Every morning we wake up and we're depleted and dehydrated. That's why you want to start your day with a big glass of clean water and I add one or two scoops of organified green juice. It's got the super herb ashwagandha in it that's been shown in scientific studies to increase your resistance to stress so that rather than waiting till later in the day when that stress arises, by starting your day with this organified green juice, you increase your resistance to stress and increase the probability that you're going to be more cool, calm, and collected throughout the day. Then after your workout, comes Organifi Complete Protein. It's USDA organic, gluten-free, non-GMO, soy-free, dairy-free, and vegan. And it provides your body with the amino acids and protein it needs to rebuild after a workout. And most importantly, maintain healthy body composition. Then at some point in the afternoon, you're going to need a break. That's where you come in with Organifi Red Juice. It's got cordyceps that keeps your body and brain oxygenated so that you avoid that afternoon energy dip that can slow you down and keep you from hitting your goals. And last but not least, Organifi Gold. I use this every night as I'm winding down for bed. It's got turmeric in there, which is one of the world's most powerful anti-inflammatories. But my favorite ingredient is the lemon balm because it helps your body relax and slip into that deep restful night's sleep where you're sleeping like a baby and you're waking up charged up, excited and ready to take on the day. And if you want to put the biohacking bundle to work for you, go to www.organifi.com forward slash biohacks, B-I-O-H-A-C-K-S and enter discount code biohacks to save 20%. It's the best biohacking secret I've found for maintaining physical and mental performance throughout the day. And I've tested thousands. To get yours, go to www.organifi.com forward slash biohacks and enter discount code biohacks to save 20% now. Hey everyone, I know you'll enjoy the interview. If you'd like to learn more of my top biohacking secrets, get a free copy of my best-selling book called The Biohacker's Guide to Upgraded Energy and Focus for free at biohackersguide.com. It's over 500 pages of my top biohacks and I'll send it to you for free if you cover a small shipping cost. Get your free copy at biohackersguide.com. 
Hey guys, Anthony here, and I just wanted to give you a big biohacked thank you for listening. I'm so humbled and grateful that you're spending some of your day with me and the Biohacking Secrets Show. And if you get any value from this episode, or you've gotten value from previous episodes, it would mean the world if you could leave us a five-star review on iTunes and share this episode with your friends, family members, and coworkers on social media. That way we can continue to spread this information and positively impact as many lives as possible. And it's also how our podcast gets discovered by more people. So without further ado, please enjoy this episode of the Biohacking Secrets Show. Dr. Daniel Stickler is the co-founder and chief medical officer of the Apiron Center for Human Potential and chief science officer for Apiron Academy. He's the medical director for the Neurohacker Collective, a Google consultant for wearable technology, epigenetics, and AI in healthcare, and a guest lecturer at Stanford University on epigenetics in clinical practice. Dr. Dan, welcome to the show. I'm glad to be here. Looking Anthony, our conversation. hanging out with Carrie Jack, VP of operations, and we're both pumped to talk with you. Give us a little bit of a background on how you got into this space. Uh, I'll try to keep it brief. Um, I got into medical school and I, I had this kind of idealized concept of what, what medicine was going to be. And I thought it was about really, you know, upgrading people and really taking them to a new level. And and was disenchanted by the fact that it was it was more sick care and pharmacology and that kind of led me down the road of surgery now i always liked surgery because i always liked working with my hands so i went into surgery because i saw that as you know i could take people that had a certain quality of life they have a an event and you intervene and you bring them up to at least baseline got into weight loss surgery because it fit my criteria a little bit more because i could operate on somebody and actually bring up a, a level of quality of life for them. I thought that was really, really kind of a cool thing to get into. And then over the years of doing it, it just, um, I became disenchanted with that because people looked at that as the, the tool to, to get them there, which it, which it wasn't, it was about lifestyle. And during that process, I uh, worked with Synogenics, uh, trained there. And, you know, that was the first exposure for me of, healthcare for healthy people. And I thought, well, this is, this is different. And this is what I was looking for initially. And after about two years working with them kind of branched off because I also saw limitations in that aspect too. And genetics came along in 2006, 2007 for me, uh, people were bringing me their, their reports from 23andMe and saying, you know, what does this mean? And I had no idea. It was not a, anything that I'd ever seen before that kind of genetics. And so I became obsessed with learning it and probably spent 10,000 hours over the last 10 years, uh, really trying to figure it out. And we were applying it in clinical practice and I presented it at a national conference, some nutritional stuff. And I had all these clinicians come up to me at the end and said, you know, can you teach me how to do this? And I thought, well, I guess I probably can. So we created the Apiron Academy, and uh, now we have uh, we have two medical centers um, in Asheville, North Carolina, Austin, Texas, getting ready to open one in Sarasota. Oh, that's my hometown. All right, yeah. it's right in our backyard, Florida we'll, boy. We'll be there opening day. Yeah, <laughs> and we're we're also lining one up in London. We're so. <laughs> fighting the biohacker. <laughs> 
Okay, go ahead. Sorry. I just so that's, I mean, that's essentially where, where we started and where we are today. And I mean, right now, you know, it's our passion is to, to introduce people to a new paradigm of health. The, the old paradigm is sick care and it's not fixable because it's, it's really based on, on the human system being a complicated system and, and the human system is not complicated. I mean, complicated has the requirements that the system has to be predictable uh, 100% of the time. And as you know, I mean, the human system is far from predictable and you can't apply the same thinking process that you would apply to a robot or an airplane to a human being or a bird doesn't work that way and that complexity process is not ingrained into the old system uh, so what we're saying is that let's create something that that really looks at the human system from a uh, complexity approach looks at the entire biosphere of the human you know we we can't i always use the example of you know the current system is okay you back out of your driveway and you run over a nail and you get a hole in your tire and you take it to the shop and they repair the hole. Then you come back and you roll down your driveway again and you roll over the nail again and you go to the shop and get it fixed. And the current system is saying, okay, well, you know, even in precision medicine, they're saying, how can we develop a better way to fix the tire rather than saying, okay, let's, let's clean the driveway or let's create a hovercraft that, yeah. that really doesn't have that problem in the first place and sweep the driveway that's the secret yeah, there. i mean the simple thing <laughs> yeah, i mean shoot, think shoot of, the jerk store neighbor that keeps putting nails in your driveway yeah. <laughs> i mean but that's what we do in in healthcare right now um i mean you look at 75 percent of what is going to kill you here in the united states top 10 reasons for death it counts for 75 percent of deaths you know, heart disease, cancer, uh, lung disease, influenza, suicides, accidents. Every single one of those is modifiable through lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Every single one. And 100%. I mean, you can tell me you have a predisposition towards diabetes and I don't care because I can completely modify that through a lifestyle practice. Yeah. Uh, even accidents. People say, well, how is that lifestyle? And well, you look at driving, uh, sleep deprivation and alcohol, you know, those are the two top reasons for accidents. Mm -hmm. So it's all modifiable from a lifestyle standpoint. Mm. And, and what, true. what were you seeing as you mentioned a few different things? So you talked about in your story, the weight loss surgery, and then you, you becoming a little bit disenfranchised with that. Was that because you saw people going back to the same behavioral patterns after the surgery or what, what was it that, that shifted your perspective there and, and made you feel like there has to be a better way of doing this? Yeah, it was, it was fixing the tire again. Mm -hmm. Um, because at the same time we were, uh, that I was doing weight loss surgery in my, in my clinic, we were also doing this kind of concierge wellness practice, kind of like Cenogenics. And we had people that were overweight coming into that and getting much better success long-term in weight loss than people going through a $30,000 surgery. Mm -hmm. And uh, it, it kind of opened my eyes to, to what was happening. And then I also noticed that, you know, the statistics on weight loss surgery are really good for the first two years. And that's about what all they report. But I followed my, my patients lifelong and I was following some out 10 years and the success rate dropped dramatically at about four or five years out. And mm. long-term success, I mean, you're talking about maybe 15% mm. 
Mm-hmm. So now they're, they've regained at least most of the weight back and sometimes more. And now they have the complication of surgery on top of that. And so it just didn't make any sense to me. No, and I'm, I'm particularly interested too in how you now see the Senegenics approach, because I think a lot of our listeners have seen that picture of Dr. Jeffrey life where it's like showing him at 57 years old and he's overweight on the boat. And then it shows him at 77 years old and he's like shredded and jacked. And then you've seen him in some recent things where he seems like he's become disenfranchised with that Senegenics approach of, you know, pumping people up with, with HGH and, and high amounts of, of hormones that may not even necessarily be, uh, be the same levels that they had in their twenties. What were you seeing there on a long-term basis? <laughs> well, I, I can't get too personal about this cause I'm a good friend of Jeff's. Uh, and I know, I know more details than, uh, than most on that. Um, but Synagenics, I mean, I give them credit. Alan Mintz, who started Synagenics, he was absolutely brilliant. Uh, I mean, the guy, he would be sitting at his desk and he had eight monitors in front of him and he had articles pulled up on every one of those. And all during the day when you were there, he, his secretary would walk around and drop articles on the physician's desks and say, Alan wants you to read this. Alan wants you to read this. I mean, it was absolutely brilliant. Uh, and he created really that new paradigm, um, of, of healthy healthcare. And, um, I think it, it kind of got shifted after he died to more of a business model and they, they didn't progress as well as I would have liked to have seen. I mean, it was more of, you know, they were focusing on the hormones as a, as the core piece of, of the healthy human rather than the, the lifestyle and using the hormones as an accessory. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was talking to, to a friend of mine who's a, he's a professional bodybuilder and, you know, I noticed the big difference between the concept of, the thinking process of the, those guys that are professionals in that sport versus the guys that are the, the gym rats that are, you know, using the hormones and everything. The professionals really looked at the, the hormonal aspects as just those, those little finishing pieces for what they were doing. I mean, their, their core in, in that high level group was their lifestyle and their, their uh, exercise practices and their nutrition practices. And it, wasn't centered around the hormone piece itself. And I, I saw the same process going on with, uh, with Cynogenics in that regard. Beautiful. And then how has, how has your paradigm evolved now? What do you feel is, is your, what's your expanded view of what this world needs in order to be healthy, fit, and cognitively sound in, into your eighties, nineties and beyond? Well, it's, it's not stove piping these, these individual pieces. It's putting them all together into a system mm-hmm. uh, because, you know, I'll see people that'll come in and, you know, everybody thinks, oh, well, if I just diet and exercise, I'll lose weight. And yet they're the people that are sleeping four or five hours a night. And I'm like, you know, if, if we can't even get that piece fixed, there's no way I'm going to get you to lose weight. It's just not going to work. Um, I, I speak at a lot of, uh, being the, um, medical director for neurohacker. I speak at a lot of, uh, cognitive enhancement events like trans tech and things like that. And they're all looking for that limitless pill. Uh, interesting side note, a Puron actually means limitless. Uh, 
just kind of yeah, nice. Yeah. You, um, you like the movie, I take it, huh? I love the movie. Yeah. Be cool. Uh, good yeah. job. Is, it's just not going to happen. There is not a limitless pill. There's not going to be a limitless. Come pill. on, Dr. Dan. Don't tell <laughs> no, me that. It's not happening. Uh, it's you got to look at the whole system. And that's what I tell these these young entrepreneurs that are always looking to hack that that cognitive function. I, and I was a trans tech and I, I asked, I said, how many of you in this room are sleeping at least seven hours a night? And there were like three people in the entire room, but they all wanted cognitive enhancement. I'm like I would, would not work with any of you guys <laughs> yeah. not at all, because uh, that's just not going to happen when you don't have the system. Right. I mean, it's just like yeah. diet and exercise to lose weight. And it's just not going to happen if uh, the other pieces aren't in place. So you, you disagree with some of the advice that's out there saying that you can get the biological equivalent of eight hours of restorative sleep in five hours. Not happening. Uh, I mean, I haven't found a way to make it happen either, but I have seen people in some of their marketing discussing it. Well, here's very technical. I mean, sleep genes are phylogenetically some of the oldest genes in the tree of life. I mean, we share sleep genes with insects. I mean, that's how strong these genes are, and that's how pervasive they are in, in life itself. And you would think over the centuries of, of the way we have evolved that shorter sleep would be a survival advantage, right? You know, the, the caveman that, that has short sleep has less time of vulnerability and, and things like that. But it didn't happen. We didn't have natural selection for shorter sleepers. We've maintained this, this uh, sleeping requirement. So there's obviously something really strong about this. And these people that say, oh, yeah, I function great on, on four to six hours of sleep. Here's here's what's happening, and this has been been confirmed in a lot of military studies, especially on looking at air traffic controllers. What happens is, uh, like when even like when you get two hours less sleep. So if you sleep six hours in a night, you will have the perception that you really don't have an, a negative impact from that over time. So you'll get this impression that, oh, I have adapted my body to to work well with six hours of sleep. But what's actually happening? is that the brain will accept lower levels of performance as normal. And so, you know, you sleep six hours a night, your vigilance level is equivalent to somebody who's had two alcoholic drinks. You sleep four hours and your vigilance level is equivalent to somebody who is legally intoxicated. Yeah, wow. but you're not nearly as fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, Dr. Dan, what do you do to biohack your sleep? Let's hear it. You know, I don't, I, ever since I left surgery, I have no problems with sleep. I mean, I, I haven't used an alarm in probably seven or eight years. And I wake up pretty routinely around somewhere between five and 545 every day. Um, but I also, you know, I make sure I get to bed before 10 o'clock. You know, that's my, that's my routine and that's what my body has accepted. And we, we try to get people to, to kind of understand what their sleep hygiene patterns are, because these are pretty hard coded in the genetics. And, um, so if you had a free running clock, you know, what would your, what would your sleep patterns be? And the, and the human body is really designed to, to go to sleep with the sunset and rise with the sunrise. I mean, that's just the way that we are uh, physiologically designed. Mm -hmm. And so once you start 
adapting to that, you start noticing better energy, better function, lower inflammation. I mean, the body just improves, but we have so many people that they, they try to, to force themselves into sleep patterns that aren't natural for themselves just because, you know, they want to go out and party with their friends or they want to stay up late playing video games. You know, the big excuse I always hear is, well, you know, that's the time I, I have with my wife, you know, after the kids go to bed, I've, I've got to spend, and, and then I get into asking them what they're doing and they're sitting watching TV, not even having a conversation, mm-hmm. I said, you know, go to bed with the kids, wake up an hour or two before the kids and have your conversations in the morning where you don't have those distractions around. Yeah. I mean, my biggest productivity is in the morning and most of the people that, that kind of yeah. switch to more morning hours, it happens too. Well, Ant, that's when you wrote the Biohackers Guide. What five to seven or something? Yeah, I was five. getting I was getting up at like four forty five every day, and and that was you know when it when it had to happen. And I didn't you know I didn't always feel like uh, a million bucks, but yeah. Um, what time were you going to bed though? Yeah, I, I mean, I was pushing it. I was pushing it at both ends. So I was also teaching yoga and training and working with clients and writing the book. And so there was a lot of obligations during that transition period that, um, that kind of threw things off before we transition away from sleep. What other, what other habits do you have? Do you do anything with a digital sunset? Are there any, um, do you do anything with CBD or magnesium or anything else to, to optimize your deep and REM sleep that you've found to be helpful, especially doing as much self quant as you do? Yeah, I do. Um, you know, the, the muse headset with some alpha training is really good for setting the stage in the evenings. I, I really like muse in that regard. Um, doing some breath work, even with a, like an M wave, um, those work really well. That's like the heart rate variability training, right? Right. It's the heart math device. Um, you know, I, I wear this, all of my clients wear this, um, it's the, the Garmin Phoenix five. I have no association with them. Uh, in fact, I don't, I consult with other biometric companies, but <laughs> not them. Uh, <laughs> we got a Garmin. You get that sponsorship deal. Dr. Dance. Yeah, I hate Garmin. Uh, you know, get on your game, Garmin. <laughs> but, but Garmin to me is the epitome of a biohackers, uh, biometric device. I mean, it gives you, Stress algorithms based on first beat technology, it gives you pretty decent sleep algorithms. I mean, none of the devices are really good for sleep structure, but they at least can get your hours in. Um, the, the exercise piece of the garment is head and shoulders above anybody else. I mean, you know, when you go for a run, it maps you, it paces you. Uh, tells you what your, your heart rate is at every stage of it. It tells you what your performance metrics are. It tells you what your head oscillation is. I mean, your stride length and your ground contact. And, you know, I use it with the, uh, with the weight training as well. And I also use a, a Schumann hex. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but it's looking at, uh, tissue, uh, hemoglobin oxygenation. So it tells you when your muscles are uh, approaching lactate threshold through, uh, oxygen differences between the uh, arterial and venous size, just a little disc that you wear on your leg. Uh, something recent that I started using and absolutely love. Uh, it's a really nice addition to that. But, you know, as far as sleep is concerned, I mean, we work with each individual based on, on what they need. I mean, very few people respond well to melatonin. A uh, few people do, but we look at genetics and we can actually predict whether they're going to respond or not. We have, uh, we love uh, magnesium glycinate. 
uh, or three and eight, depending on what's required. I mean, if they have certain genetic variants, the glycinate tends to work better. Uh, I have a lot of clients that opt to use uh, Fenibut, and uh, that works really well for, for some of them. You have to watch for the chronic use on that. Uh, DSIP injections, which uh, is a peptide. Uh, some people biohack with that. Uh, it's mm. really good for really intermittently, not, not on a regular schedule because you will develop resistance to it from uh, what I understand. But it will, it will pretty much put somebody down pretty, pretty quickly. It's, but it's an injection and it's not really approved for human use. So I can't uh, take the rhino out with that. huh? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, I mean, the peptides are, peptides are fun stuff. I mean, oh, yeah. you know, this is the, the new realm. I mean, have you guys tried PT-141 yet? No, what BPC one fifty seven? We've been messing with BPC one fifty seven, TB five hundred. I've I've done ibutamorin, samorolin, and a handful of others. Um, but we're definitely interested if you've got if you've got some that you've been having good clinical experience with. Yeah. Well, you know, we we actually use uh, Taylor Made Pharmacy, which is uh, really the only prescription level that we can get. Most of the other stuff, uh, we have a lot of clients. I, I work with a lot of people that are biohackers, so they do a lot of stuff on their own. Mm-hmm. I can kind of give them education on it, but I can't recommend it. You know, they'll use places like Peptide Sciences or something like that. Uh, you know, by far, as far as growth hormone is concerned, the uh, the Tessamorlin is is the gorilla. Um, I mean, it is really the go-to, huh? Oh yeah. I mean, I've used Sermorlin in clients for years, but the Tessa Morlin, absolutely head and shoulders. Uh, above. Where do you get it? If you're listening to this and someone wants to try the best peptide out there, where would they get that? <laughs> well, you can get Tessa Morlin, but it's like a thousand dollars a month and it's only approved for AIDS wasting syndrome, oh. but you can get it. Uh, you can get it through tailor-made pharmacy through a physician that has a contract with them. Oh, okay. Uh, a lot of clients actually do get it from uh, peptide sciences. Uh, again, you know, mm-hmm. it's not approved for human use through them, but uh, they'll still do that. I kind of like CJC 1295 with DAC. Um, and it, I know this sounds terrible, but my whole reason I like it is it's only twice a week as opposed to six days a week. <laughs> hey, that's, that plays. That's, a, that's important. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's, there's a ton of uh, injections, you know, like the, by the time I'm done with the week, I'm like a pin cushion. Oh, <laughs> you and Aunt Bull, this guy will walk in, he's just pants down, shooting himself. <laughs> okay, see you, dude. No, I'm, I'm doing a cycle. <laughs> I'm doing frag 176 right now. And, uh, you know, that one, uh, is twice a day, you got to do it in the morning and then do it right before, uh, your exercise. And, uh, so that's, that's a whole new realm for me on the twice a day injections for sure. So for those listening right now who, who may not have a clue about any of the items mentioned in the past five minutes, <laughs> the various peptides, the various peptides, <laughs> give them just a, a brief overview of what some of these actually accomplished for you. Yeah. Okay. What's so the benefit? What is a peptide? Yeah. What these specific peptides can can be used to help accomplish? Yeah. Right. So peptides are strings of amino acids, and they the the body the body actually has like fifty five hormonal peptides, I think, at last count. And these some of these are mimics of the body's own peptides. Some of them are modifications, uh, just kind of like in the same realm of SARMs. They're they're chemically modified in order to create an outcome. Um, 
the the Tessamorlins, Sirmorlins, CJC, these are what we call growth hormone releasing peptides. So they will actually stimulate the body to release its own growth hormone, which I like a whole lot better than the growth hormone itself. Um, mm-hmm. I was going to ask about that. Yeah, yeah we, we use growth hormone for a while in our medical practice and studies started coming out about pituitary atrophy that was occurring and it was pan pituitary. So the pituitary gland was actually shrinking. And so we got away from that, uh, tried Sir Moreland for a while with very limited success, um, started adding some, some peptides in addition, like GHRP2 and GHRP6, which are other growth hormone-releasing peptides. Those are in Smorlin, right? Well, not really. I mean, you can get Sir Moreland with those added to it, mm. um, but... Typically, those are isolated uh, peptides by themselves, uh, but they enhance the effect. So you'll get sermorlum with GHRP2 or with GHRP2 and 6. Uh, One of the things I found with 6, which was interesting, is uh, somebody told me they could eat the ass end of a horse within about 10 minutes of injecting GHRP6. (laughs) (laughs) Eat the ass end of a horse. Did I hear that right? Yeah, that now was we're talking, Doctor Jam. Tell us more. <laughs> it, it will induce so much hunger uh, because it's kind of a ghrelin mimic, and uh, it just drives hunger in some people. Oh, really. I thought you were going another way with that, but uh, <laughs> that's, that's what I experienced as well. I had I was doing the Samorlin for a while with the uh, with the GHRP two and the GHRP six, and within twenty minutes of injection, I was ravenous. And like, I eat a lot anyway. I didn't need any help. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, this guy, he would take it right before he would fall asleep just so that he could avoid having that that hunger come on because he couldn't control it once it came on. Mm -hmm. Uh, But these peptides, I mean, they they are amazing. I mean, you guys talked about BPC-157 and TB-500. I mean, you know, these are... that recovered my ACL like that. I mean, yeah. I pulled my ACL up and that BPC-157 just whoo, game changer. You know, a lot of professional athletes were using BPC-157 because it doesn't test. They, they can't test it because it's out of the system so quick. And the body makes a similar compound as well. But I just saw recently that WADA uh, nailed somebody for BPC-157. So um, mm-hmm. they're catching on off the uh, radar for now. And, and some, somewhere in there, you had mentioned uh, a, a PT peptide, I believe it was. <laughs> yeah, it, it PT-141. Tell, tell us a little bit about that. So you guys are familiar with Melanotan 2, right? No. Okay, Melanotan 2 is the Barbie drug. That's the one that you, you can do injections of this. And Yes, our buddy Mike took this. Do you remember when Mike was doing the tanning injections? Oh, yeah. And he looked ridiculous. Oh, God. <laughs> Yes, we are familiar, our buddy. I mean, you know, I have to tell you, I've done it because it, it was really cool. When I first moved to Austin, you know, I spent a lot of time in the sun and I don't believe in sunscreens. And so I'm out running. I don't want to burn. So I wanted to get a base that would protect me when I was out. So it says, you know, do 10 to 14 days of this, uh, this tanning injection. And so after about four days... I'm thinking, you know, I'm going to have to change my race on my driver's license if I keep it. <laughs> yeah. I stopped after four days because I got so dark so quickly. And it was just with like 30 minutes a day in the sun on top of it. Um, but the, the interesting thing about that is it, the, the melanotan also increases erections. In oh, guys. And you were running tan with a boner. Nice. Yeah. Well, a whole bunch of people driving just pulled over. Yeah. There's perked up. Oh, there's Dr. 
your damn morning to you. Maybe I don't need that game wave. <laughs> yeah, that, no games wave. Um, but they they decided to isolate that that active sexual ingredient from melanotan two, and they developed PT one forty one, which is a isolated version of that. And the PT one forty one injection will provide females with a fifty percent. Uh, more sexually satisfying experience is the way they phrase it. 50%. 50%. That's uh, quite the increase, I would say. Yeah, it Guys is. Guys could be buying this for their wives. Like, oh, I, don't even, I don't have to do as much work. Yeah. Um, the erections with it are pretty stellar, too. I mean, it's like all night long after you do one of these injections and you get maybe couple minute breaks in between <laughs> for her sake, not yours. Right. <laughs> so um, is, is this similar to various pep, not, not, not necessarily uh, like PRP injections. We've got the O shot and guys are doing that as well to improve quality. It's, it's, is it different mechanisms, different pathways? Yeah. It's working on alpha MSH in the brain. And okay. it's the, it, and that's why a lot of people will take, um, they'll use melanotan too to correct or to fix the symptoms of like chronic inflammatory response syndrome. So people with chronic mold issues or, or chronic Lyme, um, a lot of the functional medicine docs are guiding people towards the um, melanotan too, because it really is what essentially an alpha MSH analog. And so it, corrects the this severe diminishment of alpha MSH in these people that uh, that have chronic inflammatory response. Hmm. Where can the listeners go to learn more about that particular or even by just type in the if you just type them in Google, you'll find all kinds yeah. of references for them. Okay. Uh, you know, they're they're available through a lot of uh, a lot of suppliers in the U.S. And, uh, you know, again, not approved for human use research. Yep. Only, so. That, I mean, that is a gold nugget that you just dropped because there are a tremendous amount of people right now who are dealing with low level chronic infections, whether it's Lyme or, or the co-infections, or even they've been exposed to mold, they've changed their environment, but they're still experiencing that chronic inflammatory response in the body. And, yeah. um, and, and I, I wasn't even aware of that as a hack for it. So thank you. That's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. We'll link up with the show notes too. Yeah, we're, can... I'm, I'm, I'm writing everything down feverishly to make sure it all gets into the show notes because this has been great. Um, Dr. Dan, take us through a little bit of, actually, before you take us through your process, you'd mentioned something interesting about melatonin. And I have noticed clinically that a lot of people don't do well with melatonin, even very small doses. And I think that there's some misconception out there that that, always indicates stagnation in the liver. You had mentioned that there's a genetic component. Can you elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah. So we, you know, part of our, our workup is we always run, run genetics on our, uh, on our clients. We have our own reports. And, um, one of the things we look at is melatonin production, uh, melatonin receptors, and we look at genetics of melatonin breakdown. Um, production can, can go 50, 50. So some people have really good production. Some people have reduction in the amount that they're producing, but they've also got to have good receptor response, uh, in order to get a benefit from it. And we find most people have a reduced receptor response to melatonin. Um, now mel melatonin is a great, great hormone. I mean, it works great for anti-inflammatory, anti-aging aspects, but taking it for sleep 
uh, tends not to work. And what happens is people will start taking more and more thinking that, you know, more is better. And then what, especially if they're slow, slow at metabolizing it, they'll, they'll get daytime fatigue, they'll get depression. You know, you get over three milligrams a day, your risk of depression goes up dramatically with melatonin. Um, but we always look at the, the enzymes that break it down. I mean, one of the enzymes that breaks it down is, um, is CYP1A2, which breaks down caffeine. So if you're a rapid metabolizer of caffeine, you're also going to rapidly metabolize melatonin. Hmm. A lot of the other enzymes that do that are female, um, breaking down the estrogens and things like that. So if female goes through menopause, it allows more availability for the breakdown of melatonin at that point because they, they compete with the, with the enzyme. So a woman that goes into menopause that, um, that suddenly is saying, well, I'm having trouble sleeping, they may benefit from some melatonin. So, and, and this is what I get at when I say a systems-based approach. You've got to look at all aspects of why something works or why something does not work. Yep. And, you know, genetics helps give us a guidance on that. And that's what I love about the precision aspect of working with an individual and identifying what's going to work for them versus what works for everybody else. Yeah. I mean, previously, we, we like to use the analogy with our clients we look at one scene from a movie and then we're asked to just tell them about the movie. Right. But in reality, that's, we're just looking at one scene of our body, one scene yeah. with these tests and tr trying to figure out the whole picture and, and what's going on with the movie and the characters and the plot and the, you know, the dramatic uh, climax, but we don't know it all until we look at the whole system. And I think it's beautiful to your point that you guys are doing that at the appearance center. Am I right? Yeah. And that, you know, it's funny because the, when people come in, the first thing I, I do with them is I go through their supplements and I say, okay, tell me why you're taking it and what you're measuring to see if it's doing what you think it's doing. Yeah. And if they can't answer that, I mark off the supplement. Uh, it's off their, their, uh, their list. Because yeah, I would imagine people leave taking no supplements. <laughs> yeah. Well, we put them back on because we identify what we're what we're doing it for and what we're measuring. But <laughs> this is this has been a great device in that regard because the stress scores on the Garmin. Into his Garmin for yeah, those the, who can't. That's see. the Garmin Phoenix Five you mentioned. Yeah, yeah, and the stress scores that you get on there can be tracked uh, to see. So you know we'll have, we'll change somebody's dietary pattern, and and you know we're we're notoriously good liars to ourselves when it comes to whether something's working or not working, um, you know, subjectively we will say, Oh yeah, that's great. You know, this is, I love, I, I love the fact that when people go on a new diet, so like people go on the keto diet and they'll say, I've never felt this good. And I said, you know what, you're two weeks in and what's happened is your body has experienced a major stressor because you've changed the environment that the body exists in. Yep. And so what happens is you get huge cortisol releases, which cause some euphoria I said, wait for a month and see what happens in a month. Yeah. And at the end yeah. of the month, they're like, God, I feel terrible on this diet. Like, and just to remind you, you felt that same way about your last diet. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> when, you, when you went paleo, you felt that way when you went vegan. <laughs> that way when you went carnivore. <laughs> but we can measure stress with this, with this watch. Um, and, you know, one thing that enlightened me was if I have one glass of wine for about 12 hours, my stress score goes up 20 points. Every single time I have a how many points? Wine. Twenty points. Whoa! I mean, my baseline is about, about, about twenty-seven for a day. Oh wow! Okay. And so I almost double my stress score for twelve hours 
anytime I have a glass of wine. So it, it kind of gave me the feedback that, you know, my body's probably, no matter how much I want to convince myself that's healthy for me, my body's telling me it's not working. And mm. that was so many things with this, this device. I mean, if I sleep six hours in a night, my stress scores up at least 10 to 15 points for the entire when you, day. When you drink wine, does your pulse increase as well? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Not, not my baseline. My baseline still stays, you know, in the, in the mid to high fifties. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but my re- my heart rate during the day, it actually goes up in that regard. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I, I've noticed that as well. And then, you know, talking with a lot of people, particularly when there's autoimmune components, they'll notice maybe they get a little bit more stuffy or their nose gets runny or they get a little bit of fatigue, things like that. Uh, yeah along with it. But have you seen, yeah. well, I think that's a awesome point in, to maybe explore a little further. Have you seen with your clients that alcohol has that effect as well in terms of the stress increase? Yeah. And about 80% of them, uh, wow. elevated stress, stress response. Uh, the booze out there, biohackers. My wife was all excited because she's like, look, mine doesn't go up with wine. I'm like, that'd be great. You know? <laughs> oh, no. I was, I was going to ask because I mean, I, I wrestle with this and go back and forth because we're, we're measuring something that is, um, it, it's one aspect of it. And in the big picture, a lot of times when people are drinking, that's a time of social connection and relief yeah. and fun. And I'm like, how do we measure that though? You know, if we're ignoring that and we're only measuring one thing, it can give us a myopic view of the entire limit it to the times when you're doing it for that positive piece. Then I like that. Yes. That's, yeah. Don't, don't, don't drink. drink it home by yourself. Yeah. There you go. Don't <laughs> drink it home alone. That's a rule. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's a good point. I hope. Everyone's listening out there. I know I took that away. And tell us a little bit about your process and the the genomic guru kit and how that works. You know, let's let's say um, you know Carrie and or myself were working with you. Where do we start? How does the way that you investigate genes differ from say a twenty three and me? And then walk us through that if you would. Well, we don't. Um we don't really do uh, our own genetic interpretation anymore. We only work with genetic interpretation with, um, with our full concierge clients as far as the physician level. But we, what we've done is we've created the training academy, which is the Pyron Academy. And we've got over 200 coaches worldwide right now that, I mean, they're physicians, chiropractors, naturopaths, personal trainers, um, traditional Chinese medicine. I mean, they're in every category that you can imagine. Um, but what we do is we train them in, in the genetic interpretation we use in our medical practice. And we supply them with the ability to, to get the genetics and get the reports. And the way we use that, I mean, genetics is nothing more than another biometric. I mean, there's no absolute in genetics. I, I so many people are like, you know, oh, I've got MTHFR, I've got to do Foley. And I'm like, oh, you got to be kidding me. Um, that's just not the way genetics are designed to be used. Uh, you know, you're talking- there's, there's a lot of people listening that were like, yeah, I got MTHFR. Yeah, I'm taking methylfolate. Can you elaborate on that? Oh, I could have been, you know, if I had gotten into the marketing craze and I, I listed like every symptom that everybody could potentially have and then said, if you have MTHFR, then we can help you. Well, 25% of the population has MTHFR variants. And so, you know, are you really doing anything for that group? No. I mean, it's one base pair out of 3 billion base pairs in the genome. 
I mean, one in three billion is going to change that kind of an outcome for you? No, it doesn't happen that way. And these aren't mutations. I mean, anybody who calls them a mutation, run from that person because they don't know what they're talking about. MTHFR is a polymorphism. It's a variant. It occurs, it, to be a mutation has to occur in less than 1%. And I just told you it's 25%. <laughs> so not even close to a mutation. And polymorphisms develop as a benefit in certain environments. So like you see a lot of uh, MTHFR homozygous, which is the risk variant that we call it here in the States. But in Africa, it's the most common variant. And it's, it gives them survival benefit when they have a folate-rich environment. So you get survival benefit of a fetus in, that carries a homozygous MTHFR when the mother consumes a folate-rich diet. And in Africa, the interesting thing is even in malnourished Africans, they typically have high levels of folate intake. Hmm. And so there's a benefit for that group. And even like uh, your risk of colon cancer goes down dramatically if you have an MTHFR homozygous and you take a folate-rich diet. What happens in the United States is we focus on folic acid or we just don't eat a lot of folate. And so we're deficient in folate. So it's not ideal for the gene that we carry. You know, it's just like you look at uh, Inuit Eskimos and everybody's like, oh, well, they eat 80% fat and have no heart disease, so I should do that. Well, no, you're not an Inuit Eskimo. You know, they have genetic variants that have been selected ancestrally over time in that population to thrive in that. You know, DNA is, is absolutely fascinating with its desire to create changes to have the, the human population thrive. And so it's constantly making adjustments in order to optimize outcomes like APOE4s. You know, um, people freak out over an APOE4 because they say, I'm going to get, I've got a 30 times increased risk of, of Alzheimer's disease. Well, you know what? If you don't eat a lot of saturated fat, you know, keep your saturated fat less than 5%. You're not going to have an issue. You can almost take it. You don't smoke. You don't eat a lot of saturated fat and you exercise. You can take your risk down to the average or less than average with an De agent. Detox those heavy metals. That's right. I mean, you know, you're more prone to mercury toxicity with an APOE4. You know, all these little things that you just need to understand about the genes you carry and how they affect you. Now, APOE4s have great protection against uh, infections, especially viral infections. So, uh, you know, they're, you're less likely to get the flu and everything like that when you carry an APOE4 variant because it's very common from the African ancestry. They had a lot of exposure to viral illnesses that would kill them, and they had very low exposure to saturated fat. So in that population, it was a survival benefit but now we've merged all these populations into this melting pot. And now the genetics gives us that ability to look at them and say, you know, what kind of genetics do I carry? What kind of dietary pattern is going to help me to thrive by nutrigenetically matching my dietary and lifestyle pattern to the genetics that, I, that I've inherited? Yes. And I, I do believe that that is the next frontier. And I'm very curious on how you guys interpret the genetic information and use that to create personalized nutrition recommendations. Cause we've got, there are people that are going to thrive on a carnivore diet and there's people that are going to thrive on a strict vegan diet and then everywhere in between and our genes and our enzyme production and our current health status all play a big role in determining where along that continuum we should be. What is your process like in helping people to determine the foods that they should be eating rather than 
you know, the current fad diet or popular diet? Well, in our, in our nutrition template, we look at about 130 different uh, genes and this is strictly nutrition. This is not supplements or anything like that. So we look at about 130 different gene polymorphisms. We break it down into your response to carbohydrates where we look at about 25 different variants. We, we look at fats, but fats should never have been considered a macronutrient. Uh, you know, every fat, omega saturated fat, omega-9, omega-6, omega-3, they're, they're completely different nutrients. And we've grouped them together as fats, and, and that was a big mistake. Uh, but that's, that's one we're trying to correct. So we break it down into your response to the different types of fats so that we can fine-tune that, that macronutrient. We also look at protein and your response to protein. We look at your response to plant sterols. I mean, there's some people that have to eat that shouldn't be eating a vegetarian diet just because their response to plant sterols will increase their heart disease risk. Mm. Uh, so we're we're looking at insulin resistance genes. You know, sometimes you carry genes that give you that predisposition towards diabetes. Doesn't mean you're going to get it. It just means that there's things that you need to do in order to, uh, to mitigate that, that risk that you carry. And foods aren't just nutrients. Foods are bioactive compounds. I mean, they interact with the human system. And so, you know, this big argument in the last month of, you know, is fish oil good for you or is it do, does it do nothing? You know, you've got a mix and you've got really well-known researchers that are coming out with completely opposite ends of the spectrum as to what that is. And, I, I hate population studies uh, yeah. research. I mean, it's just the biggest waste of time because one, especially when it comes to nutrition, you can't control for anything. I mean, even in the Stanford A to Z study, you know, they had the people on the, on the Atkins diet and they had the people on the vegetarian diet. And by the time the study ended, they were almost eating the identical diet. I mean, they had <laughs> this, this middle ground. Yeah. Uh, so you can't control for that. And, you know, if you're giving somebody, you know, capsules of, of fish oil and they're sitting around eating cheeseburgers and french fries all day long yeah you know, it's not going to do anything for them but not all fish oils created equal too it's all that's right i mean you've got to look at the different types you've got to look yeah. at how it's extracted yep. you know there's a lot of importance in in understanding that bioactive nutrient but what we do understand is epigenetics mm -hmm. and epigenetics has solid research in the fact that, you know, you, you take fish oil and fish oil will upregulate the metabolic genes in about 40 different categories that they know of. It will downregulate pro-inflammatory gene expression. So the micro or the messenger RNA production goes down dramatically with fish oil. So epigenetics kind of gives us that answer. It's just like, you know, why is exercise beneficial? I mean, hell, you, you, you exercise and you have the highest reactive oxygen species that you, or that you can create in a day. I mean, it's hugely inflammatory mm -hmm. and, and yet it's healthy for you and you get micro tears in the muscle and this is healthy for the human system. Well, what we found was in epigenetics, there's upregulation of PPAR uh, gamma. There's uh, um, upregulation of PPAR GC1A. There's upregulation of AMPK. These are all genes that promote longevity, that promote healthy metabolism, that promote mitochondrial health. Uh, so the system is adjusting. And you know, the, the human system is a truly adaptive system. And it has this, like, has this little range that it functions in that, that we call the familiar zone. And as long as you're functioning within that familiar zone, there's no inducement for the genus to change. It's when you start extending out of that comfort zone, that familiar zone a little bit on a regular basis that all of a sudden the body says, you know, this is an unfamiliar environment. I'm not adapted to this environment, so I have to adjust expressions. 
And we see this with, with people going through weight loss programs, they'll do exercise and weight loss coming off the couch and, you know, eating poorly and they go into uh, nutrition and fitness. And for three months they lose 20 pounds and they're on top of the world. And then the next three months they do the exact same thing and nothing happens. Mm -hmm. And what's happened is that familiar zone shifted. So it went into that new zone where I don't have to make any changes. I'm doing fine right here. And so that adaptation of the human body um, is really cool. The Phoenix five actually has a, um, it's got a um, diagram in it on uh, training status and it will actually shift your familiar zone based on your training load. Each Jeez, week. Garmin, give him a sponsorship deal Push already. Push Third it. pitch. <laughs> Third pitch. Get him. I'm going to call Garmin after I'm this. I'm going to pick up a, a Phoenix five at the end of this episode. Yeah. Dr. Dan, this is fantastic. Let's, let's take a quick minute to check out this episode sponsors and we'll be right back. What's up guys, Anthony DiClemente here and this message is brought to you by Buy Optimizers. So a few years ago, I was in a frustrating situation after just about every meal, I would experience gas, bloating, stomach distension, constipation, even diarrhea. And this three month gut reset protocol completely changed the game. I'd tried a ton of things, nothing had really worked that well until I did this. So what I did was I combined masszymes Bioptimizer's enzyme formulation that helps to break down protein and increase your own immune system's effectiveness with their probiotic at a specific dosage of 10 capsules of masszymes with five capsules of the P3OM probiotic taken in the morning on an empty stomach and then at night on an empty stomach. And right away, I started seeing some positive improvements. Then I added another six capsules of the masszymes and three capsules of the P3OM probiotic before each meal. And a few months of that, specifically three months, nine bottles worth, my gut was almost completely fixed. Throwing a little bit of gasoline on the fire, I made sure to fast for 14 to 16 hours between dinner and my first meal the next day to increase autophagy, upregulate the immune system, and help clear out some of the other viruses, bacteria, even parasites that can inhabit our, our gut. And that made a massive difference for me. And if you're experiencing any of these symptoms, it will probably make a massive difference for you. So if you guys want to check out that gut reset protocol, it requires nine bottles of the masszymes, nine bottles of the P3OM, and you can get it at buyoptimizers.com forward slash biohacks. We've got all the discount codes already applied and put together a nice a, a nice way for you guys to save on the package when you go there. That's B-I-O-P-T-I-M. I-Z-E-R-S dot com slash biohacks, B-I-O-H-A-C-K-S. And you'll see the three-month gut reset protocol that includes nine bottles of masszymes and nine bottles of P3OM. Take it as recommended and you will see a huge improvement in your gut health. Check it out. And we're back. Dr. Dan, you were just talking about the Phoenix 5 and you've piqued my interest in this, in this device. Um, is it transmitting 24-7? Are you able to put it in airplane mode? Uh, just for the people that are a little bit conscientious about the, the interaction between EMFs and melatonin suppression and some of the other ways that they can influence our biology, what's, what's going on there? Yeah, you can you can turn, turn it off on the communications mode and just sync it once a day if you want. You know, you can okay. decide what to do with that. I, I have a lot of... Uh, people asking about that because we do, I mean, we do a lot of environmental health and, and EMF uh, mitigation and things like that are really important to us. 
Um, but I think a lot of people have misconceptions about it too. I mean, wearable devices, it's, it's like two millivolts um, mm-hmm. a day, um, versus a 10,000 millivolts you get from your cell phone. I mean, yeah. you know, it's a drop in the bucket in that, in that regard. It's just, it, you know, it's, it's kind of the same process that people fear those, those scanners at the airport, yet they fly during the daytime hours and get exposed to a thousand times more radi- ionizing radiation from their flight than, uh, than they get from that scanner. Yeah. Uh, it's just, you know, there's a lot of fear-based marketing out there. You know, a lot of these help-based websites want to scare, scare the crap out of you with, with their marketing approaches to get you to buy some new device that they have or to uh, follow them. And, you know, that's always frustrated me. I, we've never believed in negative marketing. And mm-hmm. that's one policy that we have is that we will not uh, market fear. We, we only market excitement. I like that. I like that. So that's- I like that a lot too. And it's, it's part of, part of our mission is, is having a positive impact on people and, you know, giving them a few of the tools that are really, that will really have a big impact because most of us don't want to do a thousand biohacks every day. We want we want to em- employ a few biohacks that will make a big difference so that our quality of life and our fitness and our mind and everything is just better. Um, but too many small incremental things, it just starts to stress you out at, at a certain point. And I think that's kind of what happens when, when companies use fear mongering and, or focus on things that don't really matter that much. For sure. But you make a good point. I mean, you know, the, all these biohackers out there, I mean, they're having to do these N of ones and, and very few of them have guidance. I mean, even in doing peptides, you know, I had one guy contact me who had done like, like six times the normal dose of melanotan. Uh, um, oh, like, he yeah, had a massive boner for years. <laughs> well, it makes you nauseated. <laughs> Uh, and it can it can actually cause rhabdomyolysis if you overdose. Oh, I mean, you know, people look at these things as, as benign, but they're not benign. And and we need people out there that can at least provide the education that's not Google. Uh, you know, because there's so much that you find out there that is just way off base, uh, mm-hmm. and you don't know who to trust and who not to trust. Um, that's one of the things we're trying to create this this army of coaches that are that's going to be out there that that understands biohackers uh, and the, the special needs of the biohacker, uh, you know, because they are, they're the special <laughs> needs. <laughs> That's they, they, short they, they need certain care that, uh, and mitigation in many cases uh, to, to help guide them in, in what they're doing. Yeah, it's true. Um, for the record, the Phoenix five online, it looks like it's around 500 bucks. Am I right? 500 to 700. Uh, usually around 800 to 850 with oh. the five, five X plus. Is oh, that's the new burden. Okay. Five X plus. So right. inter- you want to hit the oh, see, fire around? I have to, I have to give you one more plug. The five X plus, you can actually load your music on it and use wireless earbuds with the, with the music. Wow. Or have to carry your phone with you. It's- and it tells you when you have to go to the bathroom, right? It does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is, this is fantastic. And, and right before we dive into the rapid fire round, cause I mean, you've, you've got my brain lit up. I'd like, I'm curious about some of the other things that you look for in, you know, in your genomic guru kit. And for people listening who want to check this out, Dr. Dan's been kind enough to hook up a $300 discount. So instead of spending 697 bucks on a kit, you can get it for 397 at bestbiohacks.com slash gene kit, G-E-N-E 
K-I-T. So that's the URL if you want to check it out. We'll put it in the show notes too. But Dr. Dan, tell us a little bit more about some of the things that you look for beyond uh, genetics and polymorphisms. Well, when we do a workup with uh, a new client, we're, we're looking at, um, we look at their genetic data. We run them through the 85 page report of that. We, we look at epigenetic age. Uh, epigenetic age is really cool. It's a fairly new marker. It's developed out of um, Dr. Horvath's lab. Steve Horvath uh, looked at epigenetic marks on the DNA. and That's the my like, DNA age test, right? The Horvath right. clock? Yeah. And the great thing about it is we used to use telomeres and telomeres are just, you know, if, if you're not looking at the shortest grouping, you're, you're not really getting all the information and it takes, you don't want to do it every year. I mean, every three to five years is kind of the, the ideal epigenetic age is great because you can do it a couple months apart and really tell if you're having an impact on something you've changed in your lifestyle that will reverse age you uh, by epigenetic age. So we do the epigenetic age. We do, um, we do the Dutch test. So we look at metabolism of, um, of the hormones to correlate that with the genetics. We do an extensive amount of blood work um, on people. We don't look at a lot of things like microbiome or food allergy. We don't do a lot of functional medicine testing uh, just because I, I don't feel like there's good science behind a lot of it right now, especially microbiome. Um, we just, I agree. we don't have a good, there's uh, a lot graph. of actionable recommendations that can be taken from those tests right now. Well, that's the thing. One, we can't, we can't get an idea of what's happening. I mean, if you do a, a colonic biopsy, a colonic sampling versus a stool sample, you're going to get three different uh, outcomes on the microbiome. And so what's, what's accurate, we don't know. And then once you do know something, what do you do about it? I mean, you know, the, the one Hodz, the guy who, took a turkey baster and squirted some Hadza stool up his butt and uh, shifted his microbiome that way. But he was living with the Hadza at the time. So his lifestyle really accommodated to that new microbiome. He moved back to Chicago and sure enough, his, his stool microbiome reverted to what he was before. So it's all about that, that lifestyle that you're practicing and, and you've got to be making changes in that to shift the microbiome. Um, but we, We'll do uh, cognitive testing. We do pretty extensive cognitive testing with some, uh, just some online testing. And then we do a psychophysiologic stress profile where we hook people up to a machine, looks like a lie detector, and we take them through five stressors and we measure what happens with their skin conductance, skin temperature, respirations in the chest and belly, HRV, muscle tension, uh, expired carbon dioxide levels. And we see if during these stressors, what happens in the physiology what happens when the stressor is removed? Does it get back to baseline or does it stay up? Um, great insight with that test. Uh, it's amazing. Uh, we do QEG brain mapping and we look for brainwave patterns that are for performance, not for disease, because a lot of high performers have abnormal brain scans. Um, and if you try to train that out of somebody who's an exceptional performer, you will probably take away their gift. So you have to look at it from that perspective, not of let's compare you to the average, uh, which is what the current neurofeedback centers do is they, they compare you to an average database, which nobody wants to be average. Mm -hmm. uh, we do body scans. We do uh, neurofit uh, neuromapping. So we take DC current, run it all over your body and see. Are you guys familiar with NuFit technology? No. Ne NeuroFit, you said? It's a new fit, N-E-U-F-I-T, N-E-U-F-I-T. -E 
Well, you've got some people in your area that do it. Um, they actually ran a training in Tampa down that way. Uh, ben Pikulski's lab up in Tampa, they actually have one there. Oh, nice. Oh, we were, yeah, we were going to uh, we go up there and hang out. Yeah, Ben's a friend of mine. We were, we were hanging out up there with the last trip we went to uh, Sarasota. Great, great facility. Um, but they do have a NeuroFit up there, and uh, uh, you should check it out. It yeah, makes, sure. Makes um, but what we do, do with that is I'll spend three hours with a, a new client the first day, uh, just in the initial intake, get to know them, get to know their goals, find out what they're doing. Uh, they go through all this testing over the next um, you know, day and a half. And then at the end of the second day, I sit down with them for about three hours. We bring all the testing results together. Uh, we come up with a plan based on their goals and uh, steps in getting them there. This is great. All right. Fantastic. Um, Dr. Dan, if you're up for it, a couple rapid fire questions. Absolutely. All right. Nice. Right. Is there anything that you're amazing at? (laughs) Is there anything that you're amazing at that everyone else is terrible at? Uh, Procrastination. I'm really, really good at procrastination. (laughs) I'm great at that too. (laughs) Especially when it comes to meditation, journaling, working out. <laughs> what what movie, book, or podcast episode changed your life? Uh, that would be the book Ishmael by Daniel Quinn. Nice. Nice. I haven't heard of that one before. What was the last book you read and loved? I don't read books. I listen to books. Uh, that counts. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I read a little bit, but not as much. Probably peak performance, I think, was the last one that I listened to. Uh, it was just a week or two ago. I just saw Jay Ferrugia, who's been on the podcast um, at least once, post about that. What's your definition of healthy? Healthy is where no matter what your brain wants to do, you know you can always call on your body to perform. And you're never at that point where the brain wants to do something and you just say, my body's not capable of doing it. Hmm. That's a great definition. Yeah. What one biohack lifestyle change or habit has had the biggest impact on your quality of life? Sleep by far. Um, you know, I was, uh, I was a surgeon. I was on call 24 seven when I was a surgeon. Um, I had stress in my life that I would lay in bed, stare at the ceiling at night, play through every surgery I did that day going, Oh, I should have done that because it's going to wake me up tonight. Um, when I left surgery and I started sleeping, I got rid of the beeper. Um, my life changed dramatically. I mean, in the time when I retired from surgery or I didn't retire, I just walked away from it one day. Um, but I had done my telomere test, the first one, and it told me I was 10 years over my, uh, chronologic age from a biology standpoint. It was eye-opening to me, especially since when I first went into medical school, people were calling me Doogie Hauser because I looked so young. And, <laughs> and, and phenotypically, I, I did. I looked a lot older than my age at that time. And that was after 10 years of doing surgery. And the stress, uh, the poor eating habits, you know, I was drinking a six-pack of Mountain Dew a day. Uh, I exercised. So I was never overweight or anything, but I was never fit and healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I started meditating and started sleeping, uh, but the sleep by far, um, I love sleep. I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> we don't appreciate sleep as much as we, we really need to. Yeah. How young are you now? 
52. And nice. for Good those work. listening, he looks pretty damn good for 52. I yeah. <laughs> well, uh, I still think I look older than my age, but uh, my telomeres are now down to about two years older than my chronologic age. Oh, so that's pretty good. Yeah, I've made progress. Uh, yeah. Nice work. What, what telomere testing laboratory are you using? Lifelink. Lifelink. Yeah. And, and they test the critically short telomeres too, right? Right. The, the philosophy is, uh, you know, most of these, most of these testers measure average length, mm-hmm. but if you're in a room full of dynamite, do you want to know the average length of the fuses or the length of the shortest fuses? Right. Yeah. That's, we were, anyway, we were approached by a company that wasn't looking at some of that stuff <laughs> to sponsor the podcast. And we chose not to for that reason. Um, cause we only bring you guys the best listening. <laughs> yes. And what we actually believe in. That's the truth though. We get yeah. approached by a lot of sponsors that, you know, we love, uh, to have sponsors, but frankly, if we don't believe in their, their product or service, we don't even pitch it cause yeah. we're all about integrity. Here, it won't so. get mentioned. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Dr. Dan, what, what does your weekly training schedule kind of look like if you were to give us a, a, a an elevator pitch version? Uh, I do a lot of strength training. Uh, so usually four days a week of, uh, strength training. And then I will usually go, I, you know, I don't like running long distances for sure. Um, I don't like running period, but I do it and, <laughs> and I can enjoy a short two to three mile run, uh, even up to five miles. Sometimes I'll do that maybe once or twice a week, but then I will do interval runs, which I absolutely love. I, I love going full out sprint uh, for 30 mm-hmm. seconds and then, uh, you know, a jog for a minute and a half and then sprinting again. And I also do a lot of indoor climbing, which has been uh, Ooh, nice. That's, you know, indoor climbing was interesting to me because it was, it was almost like exercise and chess together because you have to become so interoceptive with the body's abilities. You have to, you're looking at a route and planning a route and you're, you're assessing, do you have the strength to lunge for that? And then once you do, do you, will you have the grip strength to hold it? And if you get that, are you going to have to make another quick move? So the strategic component of climbing along with the strength aspect of it has just been fascinating to me. I mean, I love it. And, and it points out compensatory behavior, for example, using too much upper body and not enough lower body where you get halfway up yeah. the wall and your arms are on fire and you can't grip the grips because you're doing everything with your upper body. And that usually translates to other things like striking or martial arts and things too. Yeah. Um, cool. What's your favorite supplement? I don't do a lot of, uh, well, I, I take that back. I, I do. So I do a multivitamin. I do fish oil. I do vitamin D. Um, those are the cores. Uh, so I stick with those on a regular basis right now. I'm mostly yeah. <laughs> like, who's the half, uh, half naked teenager. That's the 17 year old that, that uh, didn't realize he was on, on video. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> Keeping it real. Yeah, love uh, it. He works out. You climb. What's up? <laughs> Yeah. The, uh, you know, I'm just not, I'm not big on a lot of supplements unless they're very directed. And I go through stages of that. I mean, I'll, I'll have times when I'll take 14, 15 pills a day and other times where I'm down to, to five or six, which is my, my core. I stick with the core, but you know, most of the time it's like, okay, well, I'm trying to accomplish something like I'll be on a growth phase or a cutting phase and I'll adjust my supplements based on that. But, you know, I'm just, I'm not like a lot of these anti-aging docs that, that feel like they have to take 
all these different pills. You know, you look at Ray Kurzweil and he takes 52 different pills, uh, Dave Asprey. I mean, they're just, just way overdoing, over managing the human system when mm-hmm. you, know, you can focus on the lifestyle pieces much better. What fish oil do you take? Better question. <laughs> uh, they, they appear on brand fish oil. <laughs> oh, nice. There you go. Okay. Yeah. They got their own fish oil, guys. Yeah. There you go. Well, Check Appearon. it out. Dot store. That's the, uh, the it's site. It's nothing else. Pick up their fish oil. Yeah. that's So that's A-P-E-I-R-O-N dot store? Yep. It's Ape okay. Iron. Beautiful. Cool. And uh, last one, what one lifestyle change biohack or habit do you believe would have the greatest impact on the world if everyone started doing it right now? And I have a feeling I know where you're going to go. <laughs> yeah. It's sleeping. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, if we could get people in healthy sleeping routines, I mean, it would just, it, it, it changes things so much, um, with the outcome. And I, I know it sounds like I preach this sleeping thing, but you know, you're, you're talking to somebody who has experience on both ends of that spectrum. Mm-hmm. And I also, everybody I work with sleep is the number one issue I run into. And, you know, there's, there's people out there that would, would do anything for a good night's sleep. And it's a simple process. Mm-hmm. Dr. Dan, for people listening who are driving in their car or working out and they know they need more sleep, but when it comes down to it, you know, they're binge watching Netflix or on their phone or just not getting to bed on time. How do you advise that they get started with building a better routine? What we do is we, we typically do a 30 day sleep hygiene protocol. So we, we get them to commit to absolutely no variation in this for 30 days. And what you do is you pick a specific bedtime. You say, okay, what, what would your normal wake up time be without an alarm? And we work back eight hours from there and we say, okay, that is the time you're going to bed. So if it's nine o'clock, nine 30, 10 30, whatever it is, that's when you go to bed every night. Black out the room, uh, sit and meditate, do some alpha training if you need to, do some breath work, whatever you need to do. You can you can actually sit in bed and, and read under uh, some amber light. That's fine, too. But uh, no technology within an hour or two of bed. We also uh, want them to have a couple hours between the last meal and, and bedtime. Mm-hmm. And then no alarm. So they have to go through and, and not do the alarm. Now it's hard for some people to do that have to get up for work and things like that. But, uh, you know, I've told people, I told them to change their job because their, their sleep patterns were so dysregulated because of the type of work that they were doing or how far they had to travel Mm -hmm. or work each day. Uh, it's not worth it. I mean, you know, for, uh, what is it? 10 years of shift work will age the brain 16 years. Wow. I mean, that's, that's profound. Yeah. Um, you know, that's just not worth it. Beautiful. Yeah. Well, Dr. Dan, this has been amazing. Where can listeners stay up to date with everything you're working on with the appear on center and upcoming projects? Sure. Uh, the best place to kind of look for us is, uh, either, um, on the Facebook group appear on center for human potential or, uh, Instagram, which is appear on me and Get it, limitless, limitless me. Uh, nice. <laughs> I like it. 
Okay. Beautiful. And we've got a link that we'll include in the show notes along with the Facebook group um, and the Instagram. We'll, we'll link to the uh, bestbiohacks.com slash gene kit for those of you guys that want to do the genomic guru test and save 300 bucks on that. I'm doing that. I, sure. I want to do it as well. That, that I'm excited about this. Dr. Okay. Dan, you are uh, an hour with somebody who actually understands all this. I mean, we've yeah. certified these coaches. Uh, so spending an hour with somebody interpreting your genetics, it's huge. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you, your, your head is in the right place with a lot of these things. And I appreciate that. I've had a lot of fun hanging out and I'm sure this could be a 12 hour episode. So yeah, this was fun. we'll have you back at some point in the future. If you're game. Sounds great. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Dan. All right. Hey guys, Anthony here and wanted to share a really cool opportunity for you to participate in a case study that could get you a free $10,000 Trucy Molecular Hydrogen Water Machine. So here's how it works. If you apply for this case study and you're accepted, they will reimburse 100% of your monthly payment for this Trucy Molecular Hydrogen Water Machine and inhalation unit. And I get asked all the time, what's my favorite biohack? And right now it is this machine, hands down. It does three things that are incredible and un matched. One, it fixes metabolic syndrome. So if your body's not burning fat the way that it used to, there's a 2010 study in the Journal of Clinical Biochemical Nutrition showing that hydrogen-rich water like you get from the Trucy machine can fix metabolic syndrome and actually improve a lot of the things that are responsible for how well your body burns fat. But it doesn't stop there. It's also an intracellular antioxidant, meaning it's able to get inside your cells where your mitochondria live, those energy powerhouses that make all of your energy. And that energy is what determines how well you age and your risk of disease, right? Well, inside your cells, you also have free radicals. And a lot of those free radicals can damage your mitochondria and affect how well your body makes energy. Trucy molecular hydrogen gets into the cells and protects your mitochondria. So your body makes energy better, you feel younger, and your risk of degenerative diseases goes way down. On top of that, it crosses the blood-brain barrier. This is so important because it decreases your risk of neurodegenerative diseases like Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, and dementia. And it can also keep you thinking more clearly, keep your memory sharper, and help you avoid those periods of brain fog, cloudy thinking, or just where verbal articulation and recall isn't where you want it to be. So if you'd like to participate in this study, you go to trucyh2.com slash biohacks. I'll spell that out for you. It's T-R-U-S-I-O. I H and then the number two dot com forward slash biohacks and you click the learn more button on that page that's by the water machines apply for the case study you'll get on the phone with someone from Trucy and they'll see if you're a fit and if you are you could potentially have 100% of your monthly payment reimbursed so you get this incredible $10,000 molecular hydrogen water machine and inhalation unit completely free since using mine I've felt more energy better mental clarity I've had my longest breath hold to date and other clients have talked about seeing improvements in their energy, how they feel in the morning. But what's even cooler is I had a triathlete recently say that her times in the bike, the swim, and the jog had all improved. And the only thing that she changed was drinking this water. So if you guys are looking to ramp up your metabolism and burn more fat more effortlessly, if you want something that gets into your cells and protects the most important asset you have, which is your mitochondria, the thing that makes all of your energy, or you want to stave off your risk of neurodegenerative diseases like Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, and dementia, or just keep your mind as sharp as possible, head over to trucyh2.com. That's T-R-U-S-I-I. 
h2.com forward slash biohacks and then click the learn more button on that page and apply for the case study and see if you are a fit to participate alongside me and a bunch of other biohackers and get your Trucy molecular hydrogen water machine with an inhalation unit completely free. And I do recommend the one that has the inhalation unit because there's a lot of evidence suggesting that that, when we breathe it in through our nose, it even more effectively crosses the blood brain barrier and you're able to reap those benefits we discussed on the cognitive side. Thanks a lot guys and hope to see you in the case study. 